life was like a box of chocolates. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. What am I gonna do with a gun rack? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You're tuned in to the Honey Wagon Podcast, a weekly dose of unfiltered rants and reviews on the latest Hollywood flicks and timeless classics. Here are your hosts, Andy, Rich, and Lou. You're listening to Take 21 of the Honey Wagon Podcast. Hello. Hey, happy isolating. How's it going, guys? Good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's so hot. Oh, my God, yeah. My mom called me with a severe warning. Just saying, you better watch out because it's, <laughs> like it's like a barbecue outside. It used to be like, you know, a week ago, a few days ago, I'd be, I'm trying to like rush out the door right after work just to catch some sunlight. Now I'm just like hiding in the shadows. I feel like a vampire. Right. It, it kind of yeah. came out of nowhere. Just like a wave, yeah. You know, kind of cold and yeah. then, okay, 17 15 boom just out of nowhere yeah no i haven't gone outside for the last two days since it's been like <laughs> oh my su- god super oh. hot yeah no i don't want to it not hot in your apartment it's actually not the way this uh building seems to be built is that it seems to keep it pretty cool even on hot days in here like it's still warm yeah. but there's a huge difference between what it feels like inside than if i go out on my balcony which is like so yeah no i keep all my windows shut I keep all the doors closed and I got a fan in here, which I'm good with, but um, I want no part of that right now. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're staying inside trying to avoid the heat, a movie we recommend is our feature presentation today, which is a new movie on Netflix. It's called The Lovebirds with Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae. Nice. So that's our feature for today. We're going to be talking about it. it's a comedy, rom-com. It's kind of like a romantic comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, why? Well, why are you hesitating? It is. <laughs> what else would you describe it as, Lou? It was a I... romantic comedy with a slight touch of a kind of thriller adventure kind of thing. You know what? Now that I think about it, I don't think it was a rom com. Yeah, it was. There was elements yeah. of romance and comedy for sure, but it, it wasn't an out and out like the 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 romance and the comedy weren't the key points of the film. The comedy mm-hmm. was the romance was just a bit character. Secondary, but yeah. the story wasn't built like with the focus on romance and comedy. It was built with but that other story. But it is that intertwined throughout the whole thing. Yeah, though, and so that's why I, I wouldn't say it's a outright romantic comedy. Okay, well, we'll talk more. About yes, this. we shall. <laughs> we'll we'll tear we'll tear this movie apart. Oh. And analyze it. That's what we do. Right, right. right. <laughs> we'll yeah. do that. Interesting tease. We'll do that a little bit later on the show. But before we get into all of that, so we'll go through some uh, film headlines. Lots of things are making the news. I'm starting to think we should almost have like a honey wagon obituary. Oh, yeah. Because it's getting a little <laughs> sad, guys. Every week. Every, knock on wood. But like every past few weeks, some uh, some actors have passed away. They, uh, You know, luckily, you know, for the most part, um, hasn't been due to COVID. Um, and a lot of people have been much older. So, you know, things happen when people are older. Yeah. So uh, this week, latest news is Richard Hurd has passed away at the age of 87. And unfortunately, due to complications of cancer. Oh, man. Um, and you're probably wondering, who's Richard Hurd? Uh, well, he's known for his role as Mr. Willem uh, <laughs> in Seinfeld. Wilhelm. Will, Wilhelm, sorry. <laughs> he appeared on the show 11 times. And of course, I think one of the most famous lines was, uh, 
George. It's it's always downtown. It's all downtown. <laughs> Mr. Wilhelm! Mr. Wilhelm! Uh, I feel like it's almost good. becoming a Seinfeld obituary. Well, sort of kind of with Ben Jerry Stiller that. passing uh, away just a little while ago, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing, though, is that, yes, of course, I remember him from Seinfeld, but I actually... I knew I knew him from Seinfeld, but I was like, where else? What are the other projects that I've seen him in? And then seeing this list of some of the stuff he's done, I was like, all the Star Trek stuff. Star he, Trek. He yeah. has been in What's so many here? Star Trek shows in terms of playing like admirals or like just other like he's usually playing someone of authority. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, that's the thing. I was like, I knew his face and I knew I knew him from Seinfeld, but I was like, there's something else that I have seen him in. And now I know it was like Star Trek Voyager. He was all up in that. And Star Trek The Next Generation, too. He was in there a few times also. And okay. Star Trek Renegades. What is that? Yeah, I don't know. That I don't know what that is. Um, that's probably when <laughs> I, I, don't know. That's so probably when I checked out from the Star Trek universe. Yeah. yeah. Got this from uh, Variety. It's an article by them. But <laughs> Renegades. That sounds like that might be an animated show or something. <laughs> I was like going to say, maybe. Maybe it or is. Or just like a really bad knockoff. That, or porno. That sounds like, yeah, like a motorcycle <laughs> Star Trek porno or something. Or some type of band that are yeah, good Something that Gene Roddenberry <laughs> would have had nothing to do with, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he was also I, in um, Plane yeah. Trains and Automobiles. Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I was like, okay, I've seen that. Um, He's been in a bunch of movies. He's had, uh, so for example, The China Syndrome, uh, Fist, The Onion Field, uh, Midnight in in the Garden of Good and Evil. I've heard of that Uh, movie. He's also, I know, Fist. That's with uh, Sylvester Stallone, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. And um, more recently, he was in Clint Eastwood's uh, The Mule. And he had a minor role in Get Out, the horror movie. Okay, okay. So, was he probably one of the people that were shopping at that garden party? <laughs> pro- oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Because I don't remember any other opportunity for him to be there. Exactly. <laughs> he had a name in the I, movie. I though, can't so picture like the word Star, like the word Star Trek and Renegades. I keep thinking of Renegades of Funk. Anytime I hear the word <laughs> Renegades, I think of Renegades. Oh, I always, I always think of the Jay Z Eminem song. Oh yeah, is it called Renegades? Yeah, Renegade. Yeah, okay. that's, that's okay. the first thing I always think of. Jay Z and Eminem. Do you think any like Rage, Rage or Jay Z and Eminem were thinking about Star Trek at all in that series? Oh, you know what else it makes me think of? Young Guns. Do you guys ever see Young Guns, the Western with Emilio Estevez? No, I've heard I of know it, of it. Yeah, and uh, Kiefer Th- Keith Sutherland in it. Well, they call themselves Renegades. Um, oh, in the movie. Okay. you've got to see Young Guns, you guys. If you like westerns, I don't know if you guys like westerns. We never spoke <laughs> like, about westerns. I like Emilio Estevez. Do you guys um, like westerns? Oh yeah, yeah I'll western, it. sure, for sure. Thumbs up. Yeah, love I, I westerns. Can I can like, enjoy not good western. Always, no. but if someone's like, check it out, I'll be like, okay. They are. I'm hit. not gonna. I'm not gonna shut it down. They're like anything else. Like they're hit and miss. Either it'll be amazing or it can be shit. Right? Like, mm. like anything else. But I. Yeah, like I'm. I'm not going out of my way to just wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh man, I gotta watch a western. <laughs> oh no, I love westerns though. Unforgiven. Yeah, Come on, I, love, I do love a good western. Your yeah. uncle loves westerns. Yeah, Giordante loves. Not only does he love his westerns, he loves his Italian western comics oh, okay. called uh, oh. there's 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 a series of comic book about a cowboy called tex <laughs> it's just called tex and it's all in oh italian okay. okay that's pretty awesome that's really yeah. cool all right so um he is a cowboy in his own way he always <laughs> wears a cowboy hat 
to, uh, I guess, to wrap this with a bow on it, rest in peace, Richard Hurd. Absolutely. Awesome stuff. And in fact, I would recommend just going, uh, going on Crave right now and uh, get an account and binge watch Seinfeld. So many good episodes. Ever since Jerry Stiller passed away, that's all I've been doing is just watching episodes with him in it. Right. Just because uh, he's so good. Or go on the dark web and download Star Trek Renegades. (laughs) (laughs) And fist while you're at it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on with our film headlines. Uh, In Toronto, you know, we have a very big film industry here. Lots of movies come here every single year. Any modern film that has to do with New York City, probably filmed in Toronto. And the funny thing is, the most editing they'll do is they'll just remove the CN Tower and You'll still see streetcars. There's no streetcars. Street I will, I, and I will swear to say that Lovebirds was filmed in Toronto. Was it not? It looked like Ooh, Toronto. It, you know what? It looked like it was. I thought I, I saw scenes to... where I was like, that. I could swear that was Toronto. I thought that too. But let's talk about that a little bit later on the show. I have it in my notes as well. But this this is, uh, in terms of the Toronto film industry, right now unions, guilds, and city officials are exploring uh, safe ways to kickstart the industry again, you know, coming out of this or hopefully post pandemic. Um, we've seen a lot of businesses open up, but we haven't heard much about um, the city of Toronto yet when it comes to the film industry. It's a $2 billion industry. It's a big That's- deal. We need this. It's so important for us, mm-hmm. uh, for our, our it employs a ton of people in the city, mm-hmm. like a ton. So many people, so many editing houses are here. So what's really interesting is that the city's film commissioner is saying that cast and crews have to get creative if they want, really want this to happen. So one of the things, some of the ideas being considered are to cut the risk, to cut the risk of infection are to rewrite large crowd scenes and action sequences Mm -hmm. and finding ways during filming or post-production to make actors appear closer to each other than they actually are. Which they can do it. They could. They They probably could For all the things that they do to fool our eyes with the amazing things they are doing, certainly they can have actors be a bit apart and then bring them together in post-production. The one thing, though, is like... kissing scenes? That's the thing. It's like I guess like deep Roman fake. are gonna have to what deep fake use deep create deep fake videos if you want <laughs> use stock footage if you need to all sort I'm sure there's tons of ways that they can figure that out, man. Your knowledge of deep fake videos is a little <laughs> too advanced. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I was if, just thinking that they just kind of paint the other person's face on <laughs> the actors. Oh yeah, that'll work. And just do like a... <laughs> <laughs> oh my that gosh, that's some good moves. foley right there. Yeah. But the uh, the one thing with the crowds and everything is like back to the point you were saying, like it, Richard, um, of how it gives so many people jobs, mm-hmm. and part of that is our extras. Oh yeah, and extras and their work, and like if people don't even have those opportunities to Think be about an extra, people that work in the food industry that have to cater for sets, they're mm-hmm. losing out on business. There's so, so much. Many, stuff. There we could go on and on about all the tertiary industries yeah. that are affected by the film industry being shut down so yeah i, I like the way this uh what's her name yeah. marguerite pigeot i guess i don't know how to pronounce it uh well i purposely skipped her okay. name <laughs> <laughs> she who shall not be named because i don't know how to pronounce uh, the city's film yeah, commissioner pigeot, maybe. Pigeot, i'm not sure but she's got let me take a stab she's got, 
<laughs> Margaret Smith. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess Margaret Pigo or Pigo. I'm not sure, but she's got she's got a good idea in terms of the way she's thinking about this. Like, For sure. like you don't need a lot of crowd scenes, or you got to. She's basically encouraging the film industry to get creative about how mm. they're going to tell their stories. Maybe you don't need crowd scenes as much. Who knows? She's saying, um, do you need to have an action scene? unfold the way it did maybe you can shoot it in a different way anything to just get the cameras rolling basically right so Mm -hmm. um yeah i like the way she's thinking it's needed yeah yeah at least for now i do hope that it's a temporary thing because again extras and like we were actually just watching what was it the other day the story of brad pitt and just like how he started what and what's this okay no a a little backstory we were both working the tv was just on in the background (laughs) he was on it wasn't like we were like making time but we have to watch like we we gotta watch this no it was just on tv it was a very bad tv so the story of brad Brad it was just like one of those kind of generic et docs okay (laughs) that's another show we haven't watched et since like 1990 we're going to film a Eight. war movie with no actors. So anyways, he, the story Only was that people. he started off as an extra and then they were showing all these like see, um, scenes from movies where he was an extra and he's just like in the background. Mm-hmm. And then he had his, had this really funny story of how he's like um, on one of the, the sets. He's like, hey, I'm an extra, but like, I'm, I'm going to say a line. So he's pouring a woman a glass of water and he's like, would you like anything else? And then the woman gave him the dirtiest look. And then the director's like, cut, if you do that again, you're off the set. Brad <laughs> I mean, Pitt. He's all famous now. There you go. All that see. extra work, I'm telling yeah. you. That and he had a pretty face. Yeah, he yeah. is uh, truly <laughs> handsome. All right, so we'll see what happens. Um, what's going to happen with the film industry here? Like I said, it's extremely important. It apparently... Our industry in Toronto employs 30,000 people. I believe it. I would assume that's in a given year. So that's a lot of people. Um, What's really interesting is that in uh, the Australian soap opera Neighbours, they've uh, started filming again, but they have very strict rules. And uh, that includes, to your point, Lou, no hand-holding or kissing allowed on set. How do you shoot a soap opera without kissing? For some reason, I thought you were going to say hand jobs. <laughs> no like, hand jobs. jobs. Which soap <laughs> operas do you watch? The risque uh, soap opera. I would like to know which soap operas you watch, Lou. I will watch them myself. <laughs> it's on the dark web. Maxwell, yeah. I'm yeah. your real brother. General, <laughs> General Hospital on the dark web, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another Canadian um, uh, region of the country, well, province of Manitoba, they're really including <laughs> the just, what are you laughing at? I was, just, I was laughing at my hand gestures. No, Canadian region. Canadian region. I was going to say city, <laughs> but it's province. No, I know they're, I know. they're taking the film industry thing like into consideration. Like yeah. they're really like Smart. when they were thinking about opening businesses, they kept that in mind. Uh, which is really funny because I'm not trying to be mean, but I just, you know, I've always heard Toronto, Vancouver, and then uh, East Coast cities being very big for filming. Yeah. I never think of the province of Manitoba. I was going to say they shoot Star Trek Renegades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. We all have the giggles today. Yeah. We had to turn off the yeah, heat. Yeah, the heat is killing us. Right. All right. Okay, so Manitoba, um, they they are going to allow film and TV production to start as of June 1st. So very soon next week. uh, But they're saying if uh, physical distancing and travel restrictions are followed. So, you know, following the rules, making sure everything's in place. Um, This is very 
this is very plausible for them because their cases in terms of COVID-19 are way lower than obviously for us in Toronto, Ontario. We've got Quebec right beside us that's not helping us out. So Manitoba, strike while you can. If you guys can open up your film industry out there while we're shut down here in Toronto, more power to you. Yeah, and so they're saying that that actually might be a hot spot yeah. this summer for a lot of productions to to move over because they're one of the first jurisdictions in Canada to reopen its uh, studio doors. Nice. Very cool. This is awesome. And again, bringing opportunities to people in, in that part of the country. All right, moving on to our final headline for today. Uh, this week, you know, by the time you're hearing this podcast, it's been a few days since this has happened, but it's probably still trending online. You might have noticed a hashtag that is hashtag Jimmy Fallon is over party. And that's because Jimmy Fallon is facing backlash after a 20 year old video of him in blackface portraying Chris Rock on an SNL Saturday Night Live skit. Uh, that has resurfaced online. Okay, so all this is coming out. Now, this is something I was aware of um, for some time, but it's coming back, you know. We see it every once in a while when you find out another well-known person has done blackface, i.e. Justin Trudeau, our prime minister. <laughs> right. uh, Where this is, you know, this even I think this picture might have come up at that time. Um, but anyways, this is a, why it's resurfaced resurfacing again is because um, there was a Fox News anchor who faced severe criticism over um, a conversation about blackface uh, during Halloween. Right. Now this person happens every year at Halloween. Somebody has to fuck up somebody at somewhere. It's almost like old geyser or whatever. Like you can set your clock to it. I I wish it was just old people. There's way too many young people. Yeah, no, anybody, anybody and everybody, but especially some celebrity will fuck up. Right, right. Always, or somebody that you believe would know better. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this was, uh, this uh, Fox News anchor was Megyn Kelly, uh, who had a show, Megyn Kelly Today, and, um, and their show was canceled, yada, yada. So she moved over to NBC, but she was uh, also a she fun. lost her I guess, lost her job from that right. because of those comments, related comments. Uh, but then someone had pointed out, well, like, hold on a second, Jimmy Fallon performed uh, with blackface on NBC, which sure. is where SNL airs. So what's up with that? Apples, yeah. <laughs> well, that's apples and oranges, though, because yeah. Megyn Kelly, coming from Fox News, especially, had a history of saying racist shit already. So that's mm-hmm. nothing new in terms of she was already in the swamp of racism being at Fox news for how many years. And she tried to lighten her image up by moving over to NBC. Jimmy Fallon doesn't have a history of this kind of stuff per se. Like this again might be one out of a thousand things that he's done. And like as much as I dislike Jimmy Fallon and I do, (laughs) I genuinely don't like Jimmy Fallon. I don't like this thing of us looking into people's past, finding something and judging them by today's standards. Like, blackface is bad regardless of what era it is per se, but we have this bad tendency now of digging up shit from people's pasts. Something that you might have done, what if it was like, it doesn't matter if it was 2000 or if it was 1975 or whatever the case is, people will have the same outrage today regardless without any context in terms of what it was and what it was at the time, what the person is, what their history is, if they have a track record of doing this kind of stuff. And all of that, you got to consider all of that, right? So mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair for us to necessarily compare Jimmy Fallon to Megyn Kelly. 
And again, this is a one-off, and he did apologize for this as well, but he doesn't have a history of doing stupid shit like this, mm-hmm. right? So, Well, I think in terms of this specific thing, I think the judgment should also be focused on NBC. Because have you noticed, it's always like, um, it's always the company that actually gets to like back up <laughs> yeah, into, yeah, the right, shadow, into the shadow and, and just let... Yeah. Just like oh, let him take it. Well, kind I think of NBC, Lauren Michaels, the whole. I think everyone's SNL accountable team. if that's yeah. if that's the way you want to go. Here's the thing. I think my issue with the blackface thing, and again, I'm gonna bring up the Justin Trudeau thing because the biggest thing I was annoyed about is that. Okay, yeah. How many times am I hearing like people in our everyday society saying that was 20 years ago, that was 30 years ago? Mm. A, I don't know what I'm talking like, but it's like <laughs> it was that long ago. The thing with me is like, I just feel that that's the thing that's really bothering me is that it was wrong then and it's wrong today, right. and there is no acceptable excuse for it. And by saying if like if our general public saying, "Oh, it was 20 years ago," what's the big deal? That is the problem. Well, the the fact that people are not um acknowledging that it's actually not okay so why by saying oh it was 20 years ago you're almost like saying it's a pass no no i understand that exactly but here's there's some things that you got to take into account or at least i take into account considering something like this um justin trudeau was a teacher at the time you mm-hmm. should know better <laughs> again exactly. basically yeah. so re- regardless of the time but also he grew up in public life his father was a famous prime minister so there's a yeah. whole bunch of reasons why justin trudeau mm-hmm. should know better when it comes to comedians i give comedians more leeway in terms of pushing the envelope so because jimmy fallon it's their, it's their industry right, right exactly so you can say something very poignant and you can satirize racism by wearing blackface as a comedian if it's smart and intelligent in the way you go about doing it so it can be done. So that's why when it comes to comedy, I tend to give them a little more leeway for the envelope that they're pushing because comedians do that, right? So mm-hmm. that's why, again, again, the whole ex- there's no expiration date for right or wrong, mm-hmm. except just with comedians. Again, comedians tend to really, they do it, man. They push the envelope. And that's why, why we yeah. love comedians, right? So sometimes, yeah. and you only can cross the, you can't push the envelope without crossing the line sometimes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's the thing, right? Like, that's what comedians do. Like, they, yeah. you're right, though. Like, that's, that is a great way to kind of analyze this is like, yeah, like Justin Trudeau, politician versus. Right. You, like, you grew versus... up in the spotlight from the time you were a kid. Your father was, is one of the most famous prime ministers of our history, of the country, of the history of the country. So for you to be stupid enough to wear blackface at a party and you were a teacher at the time and you have aspirations of being prime minister one day dumb just dumb Mm. stupid dumb jimmy fallon you're a comedian he has friends who are comedians he's gonna take chances he's gonna be risque sometimes well as far as risque as jimmy fallon can be but you know all the same too and again i i just want to make this clear fuck jimmy fallon because i don't like him yeah but i just don't like this thing of digging into people's pasts especially again i give comedians more leeway i don't think he should lose his job over this i don't think so like the whole cancel culture thing can just be a little loco most of the time. Um, is it wrong? Yeah. Like it's so fucking stupid to do it. But again, in that satirical world, who wrote the, you know, who wrote the, yeah, bit? I agree. If, yeah. if he didn't, if he said, no, I'm not going to do it. What's Lord Michael's going to do to him? You know, I don't want to paint him as the victim. Um, but yeah, stupid thing to do. I think, okay, let's learn from this and right. just, Hey, 
yeah, let's have a collective agreement mm-hmm. again. Blackface or any type of face is fucking wrong. Let's Don't just do fucking it. stop. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah, so. I agree with the like the cancel culture. It's very extreme right now. Back to what Richard was saying. Mm-hmm. Richard was saying about the digging up old tweets or whatever it is, etc. But I think you know there's an opportunity to do right. So we've seen like, um, which is funny because uh, another late night comedian, um, Jimmy Kimmel, has had done blackface. His ex girlfriend Sarah Silverman has done blackface. Who's a comedian? And you know, I know with Sarah Silverman, you know, she came forward and like, it's best to talk about it. Right. Say like, I did this and it was in poor taste. Right. But I'm going to make a commitment that going forward, I'm not going to do this now. And it whether or not you know some people are going to accept that apology and some people aren't and that's just the way it's going to be but here's the thing though again look at their track record cyril silverman jimmy kimmel they have a track record of speaking out about bad things happening in society whether it's against people of color lgbtq whatever the case is they have been speaking out when they see wrong things happening in the world. And again, they're comedians. Sarah Silverman, if you don't know her comedy, she pushes the envelope. Yeah, she's a pusher, she is, yeah. She is a pusher fully. And I love her to death. I truly do. So I'm not I'm surprised. I'm disappointed she did something like that. I'm not surprised because, again, I know the type of comedy and comedian that she is, right? So, but again, she's got a track record of speaking out about bad shit happening in the world. And that plays a part into it. Megan Kelly. Fuck you. Yeah, Megan yeah, Kelly. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Megan like, Kelly and all those other Fox boneheads. They yeah, can go anybody at Fox News. Here's, fuck all you guys. Yeah. Here's a question. Why did NBC hire her? She was trying I guess to clean up her Maybe image. she got an audience or something and they Isn't wanted to tag into that. the first time NBC has done this. I mean, in recent, within the past year or whatever, um, SNL hired a, a comedian who had... A track record oh, on his yeah, podcast for right. having moron. He had yeah. racist but he didn't even get he didn't even get his first job on the show before that shit came out, and he didn't even get a chance to even Good start. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. which I'm fine with. But Megan Kelly again too. She was starting to ruffle the feathers at Fox News as well by kind of getting in the crosshairs of Donald Trump when he was just coming up as well. Mm-hmm. So she was starting to look a little more moderate compared to how extremely right things were starting to happen. With that, so she took an opportunity to move to NBC and maybe, you know, obviously continue to make millions of dollars being on TV, but getting out of that cesspool that is Fox News, right? So I'm assuming that's part of the reason why she made the move, but just didn't work out, and I'm fine with it. We should push this hashtag. Hashtag Jimmy Fallon is just a shit late night host. Yeah, sure. He sucks. The worst of the worst. No. I love no, the roots, I, man. I love you guys. The roots, they're. I know. You guys are amazing. I'm so upset i wish they were working on jimmy kimmel's show that would be perfect for me but no, i wish they were working on conan's show sure, yeah. either yeah. or but just not jimmy oh, fallon that's the only thing that gives him a little cool factor on that show for me oh hundred percent i mean okay the thing with jimmy fallon is when they put him on the only thing he had going was he was able to attract the young audience which was sad because conan was that conan was the guy who attracted the young audience and then Jimmy took it, and then he had the roots, which is just so cool. Yeah, and it made him so hip and stuff. But Jimmy is the worst it's interviewer. The smartest thing they did. And he has a fake laugh. He's so full of shit. He's I don't, so I am not a fan of Jimmy Fallon at all. Sorry, I know we're not. We shouldn't be so negative about speaking about someone per se, but oh, but I think well, it's, it's the Honey Wagon podcast. If we're going to so. critique his <laughs> abilities as a late night host, that's fine. Yeah, I'm but... sure he's 
Then. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. And I, I, the thing that really was the last straw for me was the whole Donald Trump interview. I was disgusted. Mm. I was utterly disgusted that you had an opportunity to hold that guy's feet to the fire because he said so much crazy shit before he sat down on your couch. Yeah. And you mm. gave you just fucking tossed up softball after softball for this guy. And I was I was infuriated. I was like, mm. that was my last straw with Jimmy Fallon. He's a classic yes man kiss ass. He is a yes man, yeah. yeah. Yeah, seems like it. He's got no balls. Laugh. Like, oh my god! Imagine if Donald Trump went on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Oh, he would eviscerate him. Yeah. Colbert would eviscerate him. Everyone yeah. would have. Everyone because everyone's got a spine. Mm-hmm. Maybe not James Corden. James Corden kind of irks me just a little. He bit. would. I think he would. Mm-hmm. Isn't is he? You think so? I think he would. He I British, right? Yeah. The singing guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, whatever He's... the car karaoke guy. Yeah, karaoke. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Jimmy Fallon, good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got some quick quick mentions right now. Uh, really awesome to hear that there are some... Uh, I love how I'm cracking you up today, Lou. <laughs> um, you know, we've seen, again, we mentioned this every week, lots of festivals have been canceled, but lots are going on online right now. So we do want to mention um, Tribeca Enterprises and YouTube. They're coming together. They've unveiled programming for their online festival. It's called We Are One, a global film festival. And it has more than 100 films co-curated by 21 different festivals in the world. It's really cool. It's going on May 29th until June 7th. And Tiff is involved in that. Tiff is involved. You could check it out youtube.com slash we are one and that's the word one o-n-e it's free to watch completely free uh there's not going to be any ads even better there's going to be feature films shorts docs uh documentaries music comedy and panel discussions uh they're also going to have talks featuring francis ford coppola and bong joon ho uh, guillermo del toro and so many other oh, really cool people, including the Bill creators Sp- of Star Trek Renegades. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, there's also, I think, Bill Skarsgård from It. He played the clown, Ooh. Pennywise. He's going to be doing something as well. Guys, check it out. It's free. And uh, online, youtube.com slash we are one. Another shout out goes to City Cinema. They're calling for film submissions. Uh, it, and this is for the Charlottetown Film Festival. The deadline for submissions is July 12th, and those selected will be notified on August 23rd. Um, the festival is slated for October 23rd to the 25th. So you got to submit your film online. Make sure to check out filmfreeway.com and- for more information. For everyone out there listening, we'll have all the links for these guys in the uh, pot in the uh, show notes for you guys. If you want to check mm-hmm. out, because there's a ton of online film festivals um, that are be- that will be happening. Too many for us to talk about right now, so we just mm-hmm. wanted to focus on that big one. That's um, it's running again from May 29th to June 7th. The mm-hmm. big uh, we are one film festival, but there are so many other film festivals on the go oh, between now and uh, going into the summertime that um, if you go to our show notes, you'll see the link for that. And then you can check out some of those other online film festivals. Yeah, pretty cool. And just a quick note about the Charlottetown Film Festival. Um, It is a festival dedicated to celebrating and showcasing emerging Atlantic Canadian filmmakers. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're out in uh, any of the Atlantic provinces, definitely check it out. Um, Hey, 
You never know. This is the time to do it. You if you have downtime, this is the time to get your work in and submit it to yeah. as many festivals as you can. All right. Let's get into some Instagram polls. All right. Uh, now, I love the Instagram what? polls. <laughs> it's a fun time. So this one uh, we put out last week. Because last week was the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars. We were asking our listeners on Instagram, is this your favorite film from the trilogy, from the original trilogy? And 36% said yes, while the remainder, 64%, said no. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. I know a lot of people like Empire. A lot of people don't like Empire? A lot of people do like Empire. Okay, so I'm confused by this poll. No or no. 64% 64% said it's not their favorite yeah, film from yeah. the original trilogy. And in spite of that, like, yeah, I know a lot of people who like it as their favorite. It is mm. not personally my favorite. Uh, okay. What is your favorite? Hmm, that's a good question. I like you A know, New Hope. Yeah, I, honestly, I think I lean towards Return of the Jedi just oh. because there are certain scenes in that movie that just fucking, holy cow, they left me to a new level. Mm. And it was my favorite when I was a kid. But I think New Hope uh, mm. might be my favorite. Nope, nope. New, new Empire. But Empire is good too. Is Empire? Empire is phenomenal. It's perfect. Mm. It's yeah, literally it's, perfect. It's they're all like for me. It's like you know, just one slightly above the other, the other mm. slightly above the other of that original trilogy. They're all very close. Yeah, I would say, even for me, no, like uh, I would say, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, top, then A New Hope, just below it, just below it, but then Return of the Jedi is just a further down a bit below both of them, kind of thing. It's just a notch underneath them all but um empire strikes back is just sci-fi perfection i just love it here's a movie that the two of you both equally agreed on the last podcast that you both thought it was overrated yes 1983 scarface starring al pacino i think you guys are insane (laughs) and uh majority of people agree with me that you are insane so numbers so um we asked do you think it's overrated 64 percent said no fucking way and 36% said yes. Don't stop dogging me around. <laughs> <laughs> Another poll we put out was, uh, oh, and we were talking about the um, about Scarface because Coen Brothers are going to be um, making Rewriting a new it, yeah, rebooting it. Yeah. So another poll we had, which was in regard to our review last week on Take 20, uh, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, we asked, how cur- curious are you to know the real meaning behind the ending of the film? 67% said, I must know now. 33% said, it's better than, or it's better not knowing. Yeah. Interesting. I pick better not knowing. I'm sticking I with also it. Did. I'm, I'm going to look it up one day. <laughs> but I need to watch this movie a few more times. I want to I try to figure it out okay. myself. But the link is in the show notes for people. If you want to go and read yeah. that article and see what Stanley Kubrick had to say about that last 30 minutes, which is what everyone's been talking about since 1968, mm-hmm. it's yeah. there for you. But I'd rather just keep it a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, it's more fun that way, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Okay, so that's it for the polls today. But we'll continue with more on, well, more polls on the next episode. But first, we're going to take a quick break, and then after the break, we're going to get into our future presentation to review Netflix's The Lovebirds, which stars Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae. Yes, it does. Let's take a break. (laughs) Show starts in one minute. I spent some good years in Manitoba, and I never pass up the opportunity to come back again. Take a look around you, and you'll see why. There are superb restaurants and great shopping, and Manitobans all over the province are showing visitors like me how to have a good time. 
I hope you'll see it all for yourself. I have, and that's what keeps me coming back. Get to know your Manitoba. Call this number now for your Manitoba travel pack. And tell them Bud sent you. Manitoba, we've got it great. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Honey Wagon Podcast. Hello. All right, guys. It's time for our future presentation. We uh, reviewed a new movie that came out to Netflix last week. It's called The Lovebirds. It stars Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae. Uh, the film was actually supposed to come out. Um, well, it's by Paramount. Supposed to come out in theaters in April, but you know, because the whole COVID stuff, they were like, "Screw this," and they went straight to Netflix. Which you know, we're starting to see some movies do right. Yeah. Uh, before we get into more discussion about the movie, Rich, you want to give us a synopsis? Sure. Well, it's pretty straightforward. This couple, uh, they're you start the film starts with seeing them meeting and falling in love in the whole nine, and it's cute. It's really cute. I like it a lot. Like it a lot, but um. It fast forwards to four years later and, you know, obviously relationships grow and they're on the verge basically of breaking up, which they pretty much do, except as they are breaking up in their car, they wind up hitting this guy on his bike and then a lot of crazy shit starts happening. This guy takes their car, kills the guy on the bike after chasing him down. Now they look like they killed the guy on the bike and now they've got to try to solve this murder because they think the cops are going to come after them thinking that they killed this guy which it looked like they did except any cop worth their ilk can figure out that they didn't do it which <laughs> which was a nice turn in the movie which we will get to in a sec but that's basically the gist of this story is this couple uh trying to figure out this murder and they're trying to repair the relationship sort of kind of at the same time during this whole crazy batshit story of them um running around the city all right, okay, so we do have a clip from the film's trailer. Let's have a listen. He's fucking dead. We, we know he's dead, but we didn't kill him. He, like, tripped for murder or whatever. We didn't murder anybody. One, two, three, go. No. Jabron! Okay, the guy's name is Jabron. Run, Leilani. And the girl's name's actually Leilani. Shit. All right, guys, okay, so we kind of, I think we should maybe start here because we kind of hinted at this earlier in the show. We were talking about would this movie be considered a rom-com, a romantic comedy? At first, I'm like, yeah, it does. And then when I think about it, I don't think so. I feel like, you know, it's funny because it's called The Lovebirds. But I like that we're not seeing them through their whole gushy loveness. It's really, to me, this movie kind of fit more in the vein of like, uh, kind of like a like a like a super bad not not as funny as super bad but you know <laughs> where it's like they're on an adventure they just have one mission to do this one thing like and it's happening all in one night yeah and they're just trying to go to a dinner but then like all this shit happens it's like the perfect storm type of thing and that's why i felt like i wouldn't necessarily call it a romantic comedy yeah uh there's elements of romance and I could have used a little more comedy. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> can we just overall just did you guys like it? No, no, it, it was all right. Yeah, like I would never watch it again. 
uh, I like Kumail. I like Issa Rae. They're both individually really funny. I just, I don't know. It that's, just didn't kind of come together. And that's the thing I felt about this movie is that because Issa Rae and um, Kumail uh, Nanjiani, they're so likable. Like on their own and whatever they're doing, I think they're always going to have this likability factor. And mm-hmm. them together just increases it. And that's the only reason why this movie is watchable is because yeah, of them. Yeah. Like they're True. they're hilarious and their banter and back and forth between them is what really carries the movie more than anything else. Like they've got mm-hmm. good chemistry overall. It's just overall it's just not a good movie. Okay, so on that note Okay, like I'm not gonna lie, like that's why I watched the movie. I did I actually don't know anything by Issa, uh, Issa Rae. Like, I know she has that Instagram, yeah, yeah. HBO, right? Yeah. HBO show. I know she's on that. Blue, you said she was like, she came, became famous off of YouTube. You're yeah, telling yeah. Me, right? Yeah. So I knew nothing about her. Kumail, I've been following just through his movies. The Big Sick was the first movie I watched with him. Loved it. Was I have to see that movie. It was good. It You'll was good. like it. Because I, I, I know of that movie. And again, it's another romantic type deal, right? Uh, yeah, yes very, and no. That's a very, that's a romantic comedy. Not necessarily. I definitely a- would say there is some serious feelings mm. of love in that okay, film. Here's my observation on the film. First of all, that was one of the most, I would say, a, quite an underrated film for that year. Yeah. Um, but an observation I had made is that not once did they say I love you in that movie. I did not count that, no. I noticed it. I wouldn't actually... <laughs> that one, yes, it has to do with love, but I wouldn't call it a romance. And what movie. is it called again? It's called The Big Sick. The Big Sick, and it's a drama. It's more of a drama. You would but, say it's uh, more of a drama. Yeah, a, but it has comedic elements. It's a dramedy. Yeah. And, Ray Romano's in it. Okay, it came out in 2017, by the way, for everybody out there that uh, might be interested in it, because I am yeah. actually interested in it. Check it out. Good movie. And uh, uh, Zoe, I, Zoe Kazan starring as well? Kazan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kazan? Is she the female interest? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, so, seen that movie. I've seen Stuber, and I've seen another movie with Kumail. He was acting with Jesse Eisenberg. The name of the movie slips my mind, but it's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that... seen his work. He is a very funny he's guy. Hilarious. I absolutely love all of the work he's done. The Lovebirds, you know, I knew it was a comedy, but when I watched it, they're both funny. But there was not enough funniness to them. And I also felt that it was a clash. Because both of them were funny, it almost felt like they had to share the funny lines. The other thing, too, is I didn't find them convincible as a couple at all. They seemed like two friends. I think That's I it. think that plays into just the writing in the movie. The story sucked. Like, it mm. was so sloppy and we've seen this before, this type of comedy before. Oh, the couple gets tangled into something that's kind of out of their comfort zone. Right. And then a bunch of crazy shit happens and this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, something, and you touched on it before. Um, this film was apparently uh, set in New Orleans. Yeah. You, you could have set it. In any city. You could have done okay. it in Manitoba. You could have done it in New Brunswick. <laughs> in any city. Or San Antonio. It's like, why did it have to be in New Orleans? New Orleans. So I brought this up um, yeah, during watching the movie. Because I swear, uh, Rich, you said this too. I thought it was Toronto, mainly because the street signs were blue with yeah. white writing. I'm like, this could be Toronto, but I couldn't figure out where. Anyways, I happen to read that The Lovebirds was filmed entirely in New Orleans. Really? With a couple of scenes in a studio, okay. which might have been elsewhere. But 
like what really shocked me is you're in New Orleans and you guys couldn't have talked about food or music you at c- all. You couldn't have made it feel like you're in feel like you're New there. Orleans. Said it during Mardi more- Gras, something. Something. Like, I guess you got like a couple of like drunk um, party goers and stuff like that. that like could be the, anywhere. The that could be LA. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's like, you know, given, I don't know. I want to hear some music or just something that, you know, that, that yeah. city is literally yeah. the cultural heartbeat yeah. of that entire if country. If you're going to set a city, if you're going to set a story in New Orleans, use the city. Could have been Idaho. Could have been anything. That, and that's the thing, you know. When when you have a movie that's in New York City, it's in New York City. When you have a movie that's, gosh, in Seattle, like, people own that space. If you're going to do a city and not care about the city, you go to a random city like, gosh, I don't know, Delaware. Seattle like, or something <laughs> like it, – it yeah. so, it's such a vibrant culture. You could And you could have mapped, I don't know, the story of what's going on around – you know, well, the city. Like I don't know. It's while, just, we're, yeah. while we're talking about rom coms and cities being presented, can I ask you guys? Have you seen What If? No. Uh, Who's in that? I don't know that movie. That oh, is was that Dan- with Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe yeah. and oh, again Zoe Kazan, who was right. Exactly. That it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's set in Toronto, and it does holds no bars about showing Toronto. It's one of the best movies I've seen showing Toronto off, ever. And it's not necessarily you know, a clutch of the story in any way, shape, or form. It just happens to be the story set in Toronto. Right. But again, and that's an actual good rom-com. Really good. And I think that's a lot of people slept on that one. Mm-hmm. Check that movie out, What If. we You guys have not seen it, right? No. No, I think I've heard it's good. We might have to put yeah. that on our list of movies mm-hmm. that um we haven't watched because I would love to get your opinion on it. And I think you should see Toronto shot in a movie the way it's shot. Like, you'll yeah. never see another movie set in Toronto, shot like this. Or at least I haven't, personally. Mm-hmm. And that was like 2013 when it came mm-hmm. out. So you know, it's funny, earlier you were talking about Westerns. And I'm open to watching Westerns, but rom-com is one genre I'm always like, I don't want to do it. In fact, watching The Lovebirds, I went in thinking, okay, it's a comedy. And it was a bit, but it could have been funnier. Yeah, it could have been, been a lot funnier. I'm down to watch that movie. Like, if it's highly recommended and good especially if, if the visuals are there i love toronto it's our city so yeah. if it means watching on screen so it. here's the thing let me ask you guys this because maybe it was lucky for this movie that it came out on netflix because it was supposed to be coming out in theaters in april mm-hmm. and uh obviously with the pandemic uh they had to change their uh plans so it being mm-hmm. on netflix great i'm glad i got to watch this at home oh imagine now just now think about this how much more would you might have disliked this movie if you had gone out of your way to buy tickets, go to the theater and see this movie? You know, you know what? I actually, and I think I told you this, Lou, I think it was such a disservice because I know, I know for a fact, if I was in a movie theater, I'd be laughing way more. You think so? The contagious laughs. The same thing with coffee and Kareem, though that was a Netflix production. There are some movies, especially comedy films, where you have to watch it in theaters to really have a good time and just laugh. Like, okay, like earlier I referenced Stuber, which had Kumail Nanjiani. Was that a good movie? I wouldn't recommend it, it but I saw... Horrible. Like, I won passes to the premiere or whatever, and you I saw... You said it was better than this. Than uh, yeah, I think it was better than this. You know, would I recommend it? Now, would I watch it at home? No. 
It's no super bad. I love super bad. It's one of my But you would at least watch the lovebirds at home. I don't know. I I wouldn't have put that on my like, oh, I got to watch this movie. The lovebirds I would watch in theaters with like some friends. Well, here's. We want to watch something. Well, from my perspective, I've watched the first three seasons of Insecure. So I'm an Issa Rae fan. So I'm already interested in this movie. And plus, um, Camille Nanjiani, again, he's always been funny in everything I've seen him in. So if this were in theaters and we were like everything were normal, no pandemic, and we were doing the show, I would still have gone to the theater to go see this. Sure. And I would have been upset. I think I agree with Andy where I would have laughed in the theater, but after coming out of the theater, maybe after a couple hours, I completely would have forgotten everything that happened. You know what? The biggest weak point of this movie is it lacks a good uh, villain. Yes. There's and no... that, I like that actor. I can't remember his name, but he was in um, Boardwalk Empire and oh, Waco. And Waco. But yeah. you, you see him like a couple times in the movie. You have that sequence with the, the senator's wife or whatever the hell that was, which yeah. was, was a complete random. waste of time. Yeah. Pointless. <laughs> what, a pointless scene. You get kicked by a horse. Like, so, and like, that would really even... kill you, you know, if you really got kicked in the I chest. Know. That would break, that would, you'd break your sternum yeah. easily. You'd die. Right. I know it's comedy, so you're supposed to suspend disbelief. But another scene, too, since we're on this now of uh, unbelievable things, when they broke into the apartment and they had all the glass on the floor, I was like, she's barefoot. She's barefoot. Is she like, did we all not watch Die Hard? Home (laughs) Alone? Home Alone. alone. That famous scene with the tournaments like it sounded like she stepped on like 16 pieces i know and she was barefoot and i was like so she's like that's not a thing that's not happening here we're just gonna ignore the fact that there's glass on the floor and she's barefoot and i was like all i could think of was like john mcclain that's all i can think of was like that that's a lost opportunity (laughs) of a comedic moment and it just it needed more funny bits i think the writing just what the writing was so crap it was so bad I, and they had good actors yeah. and they just didn't use them like there was nothing for them to do other than they carried the movie as much as they could as much as they yeah. could but yeah. i think yeah. that i think it should have been her and another like male uh, actor that's more toned down or vice versa they were too too strong of a level that's why like they did not seem like a couple at all what even in their romantic scenes and off the top of the movie, it's like, okay. I could have done without all of that. I like I that. Been, it, it was cute. It gave it a it, little charm. It gave the movie some charm. But I think it would have been funnier if you had more of them at odds with each other. Mm. More hilarious scenes where they get into just silly arguments, this and that. You only got that a little bit, and then the movie started when they hit the guy at the car. It mm-hmm. ended really flat, too, with the whole Amazing Race oh. thing. Yeah. We're not spoiling anything for you guys, really. We're we're gonna we're not recommending you guys watch it no. to be honest. Um if you can tell from this conversation. We're not gonna tell you to go watch it. Okay, should we rate this? I would okay. say if you're yeah. Okay, I just before you, we rate fan, it fan, then you know, check it out. Just before uh, we rate it, can we just touch on this just a little? Because I I wanna hear what Lou's take is on this, because before we started recording, um Andy had said comedies have less to dig into that's why this show i don't know if you guys noticed listening to the show we focused a lot on our headlines because we felt like we wouldn't have much to talk about this movie anyways so um before we started recording andy was like yeah when we comedies it's either it's funny or it's not not much to dig into and lou was like "Mm." (laughs) but i agree with her i agree with her there's only something to dig into if it's actually a good comedy if it's a good mm. comedy, then you have. But even a bad drama, even a bad drama, you still have 
themes that you can discuss. But Lou, you disagreed, and I would like to know why. I just, you know, what I think a good what comes with a good comedy is a good story, and so it's like and, anything, and, the, then. and yeah, in the case of this movie, you have two really talented uh, actors, so talented, but the story just completely failed them. As as talented as they are, they couldn't carry it. So you need that combination of just hilarious timing, hilarious comic skills combined with a really great story. And just for the, the, the first movie that just kind of pops into my mm. head, I don't know why, but I was I, just Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, you have a bunch of hilarious actors mm-hmm. who all kind of know their roles very well within the film. And then you have this just really fantastic story and it just kind of blends so seamlessly together. And um, side note, Bill Murray has been confirmed to be playing Peter Venkman again in the upcoming so Ghostbusters 3. And I'm not excited about it. Oh, come on. I can't wait to watch that I'm movie. So I'm so disgusted by like... that female's Ghostbusters. I'm so... Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Let's cast that out. That's awful. Nope. They shouldn't have done it. It was nope. offensive to the actors who were in the movie. It was effective. It was offensive to the Ghostbusters Fans. saga. Yeah, but I'm but I am so This new Ghostbusters yeah. is like... It's, it's going to be part of that lineage of the first two it's films. one of my because favorite of, movies of all time the first ghostbusters same here i love it to death back to the comedy thing though but like don't you feel that it's still just come because i feel like the purpose of a comedy is to make you laugh obviously and if it doesn't but the thing is like it's usually and i'm not trying to discredit the genre of comedy but it's usually a bit of a cookie cutter as with rom-coms and that's fine. Kind of movies, right? Even, even if it is a familiar scenario, yeah. Like the writing should still be good, and the acting should be good. Like, look at Superbad. Is, Super, okay, go on. But like, how? What is there to talk about? If it's like, I want an example of a comedy where it's like you really want to like break it down and have something to talk about. It has to but have themes. It has to have social themes, like a Trading Places type thing, where you can start to dig in a bit about poverty and what it means to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth, something like that. But again, those comedies are rare. You're not going to mm. find a lot of comedies. I, I think you're, you will find less comedies. I'm with you on this, Andy, actually. I think you will find less comedies that will give you a lot to dig into that you can have a meaningful discussion about mm. than a, any, even a mediocre drama. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm even less concerned with the meaningful things to talk about Using Superbad mm. as an example, it wasn't just like a slap together. It was, you know, there was different sequences. There were different kind of scenarios going on that in that film that outside of comedy, it was like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? This woman just uh, experienced her time over the month situation on this guy's leg. What the <laughs> hell are they going to do? They have to find alcohol. What the hell are they going to do? Yeah, They're yeah. having these wacky interactions with these cops. Yeah. How are they going to escape? How is it all going to end up? You know, so it all just kind of ties together. And it just so happens, you know, Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, Mm -hmm. they're doing their thing. They're funny. They're hilarious. They work wonderfully together. Mm -hmm. They're a great pair. What did you like more, The Hangover or Superbad? Hangover. Superbad. Hangover for sure. Hangover. Another another great example. You know, how much tension's in that movie? You know, it's a good movie. Okay, this is... It's so funny that I love this this group of uh, I, I feel like they're a group. Um, remember, there was, was a group of like Will Ferrell and all those guys the, the, who did the, the Dodgeball. Brad Pack. Yeah, the Brad Pack. Yeah, 
and they did all those movies. But then the new version of that, well, was in the mid two thousands, which was like the Jonah Hill, yeah, yeah. James Franco, the Seth Rogen. Oh, I know what you're I gonna bring up. I do not like Seth Rogen at all. No, hate his laugh. I just. As an actor, I can't stand him. I love Seth Rogen. The group that he's in, I love the group. They do such a good job. Really good comedy. Uh, this is the end. Oh, my God. Love it's hilarious. Oh and is, I rewatched it a few years ago. I watched it many times. And it's really good. It was all right. It's Same one with Superman. It holds up. It's, it's one of the funniest up. movies to come out in a long I time. It holds up, but I can, I can, you know, I can appreciate what they bring to the table. Yeah. They don't hold up for me, that, mm. that, but that's just me. That's well, a personal. But again, it's it's a style. Call. That's why that's why I was referencing like the group of comedians. Like, well, what was it Will Ferrell, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, all those guys, or Owen Wilson? I, I lean more with the kind of the anchorman. Steve Carroll yeah. kind of vibe. Like, 40-Year-Old yeah. Virgin, I think, is still hilarious. Yeah, He's so yeah. good in that. Yeah, that's a good movie, too. But, okay, well, you know what movie we won't be talking about years from now? The <laughs> Lovebirds. <laughs> Not at no. all. Not at we will all. not be talking about this movie years from now, but let's rate it, and let's uh, let's let's get out. Let's get away all from right. this movie once and for all. Well, should we rate it on uh, Shards of Glass? <laughs> yeah, sure. Shards of Glass, sure. Why not? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, one out of five. Um, no, I'll say two out of five only because I stepped on two small pieces of glass this week. You did. You oh, did. no. And they were in places yeah. where I don't know why there was glass there. We don't know where it came from. Maybe you know where they came from, Andy. I, I don't glass know. glass on the floor, yeah. He but automatically I, blames me for glass and <laughs> Only in mysterious I've not, spots. I've only, not broken anything. Only in, in mysterious spots. But so I found the two pieces of glass in my foot. It hurt, but I was like, okay, it's not bleeding. And mm-hmm. I found I picked it out comfortably. And it's like, I'll forget about it. And that's what's going to happen about this movie. Right. Uh, whatever it was. But it's, things happen in the film, you know, and let's just forget about okay. it. Okay. All right. Andy? I'm probably going to give it um, one and a half. Shards of glass. glass. But this shard of glass is like really, um, you know, it has very jaggedy edges. You step on it, stuck in your foot and you're bleeding. See, the thing is, to get a high rating, you want shards of glass like the ones that uh, Issa Rae stepped on, where it doesn't hurt her feet. Clearly. This one hurts your feet. Yeah. You're like, what was I thinking? Right. Okay. Going through this window, which I knew was broken. Okay. Just as a shout out to our uh, two leads of people of color, this is stained colored glass that you're, uh, okay. that you're okay. stepping on. But again, just two shards. Just two shards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you, you'll step on it. You know, it won't even cut your foot. It's just going to make a sound, really. But um, again, you'll notice it and you'll just sweep it up. And that's it's it. not even glass. It's <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You'll step on these two shards of stained colored glass and you, you're just going to be like, what's this doing here? And you're just going to wipe it up and put it away. That's it. You'll Here's go on with your question. day. I'm going to throw a little what if scenario. We don't have to spend too much time on it. But I think something that we all kind of thought was that didn't work was just the pairing of these two. I think that's actors. what saved it. No, no, no. no. But mm-hmm. like just uh, Andy brought it up. Like they didn't kind of mesh. They were too strong for yeah, each other. They both, both were too like – uh, the, uh, no one played the more relaxed role to yeah. let the other person do yes. the thing. I wanted a straight role. Who would be a good pairing in a good comedy for either actor? If you guys had a new fan- fantasy cast. Mm. I like that. Uh, Jason Bateman for Issa Rae. Okay. Actually, that's so. a, you, you nailed, nailed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> he is the 
straight man. He is. Yeah, he is a perfect. Such a good straight man. And he's right. good at playing off of people who are funny, like in right. Arrested Development. And, and so for uh, Kumail, I'll pair him with um, Kristen Wiig. No, she's too strong, too. She's I too hate strong, her. Yeah. Too. Who's a good straight you know, woman? I oh, would maybe say Tina Fey. Amy Adams. Is that her name? Amy Adams. Like kind no, of, she's the no. Canadian actor, right? No, you're thinking of Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. And it's funny because Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams were in that Game Night movie, oh, which, is, right. which was also not bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, was it good? It, was, it wasn't it bad. Was okay. It wasn't bad. Jason Bateman, again, always will get my attention because he's phenomenal usually. Even if the movie's shit, he's great. Mm. Yeah. But I think someone who's like um, someone who can take the jokes in, you know, that that's what you need. Someone who was a bit more toned down so that they're leveled. But I just I can't who's get a female over Jason Bateman. I I would. And this is just because I'm a big fan of hers. I would love to see Kumail because uh, I think she can play a tone a toned down role. Well, is Maya Rudolph. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, again, but then, she's too strong. No, she's too strong. But, that's, too but strong. I think she can turn it on and off. But no, but when you see her, you want you want Maya. Yeah, that's you know? true. She's that's so true. good. Yeah. You know, in fact, I would just watch Don't a movie. Don't cage a lion, her. man. You can't cage a lion. You just got to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> too talented. Too talented. All right. Well, that's that's our review for today. The Lovebirds. It's on Netflix right now. Don't if waste your you, time. Well, if you, if you dare to waste your time. It's an hour and a half. It. and it's Maybe we'll put the fantasy cast as a poll question. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, I actually recommend watching this movie while you're eating. What? Eat dinner. <laughs> you know what? One See, critic said that. Laundry. One critic said that you can literally play this movie and do other things while it's playing and you won't miss anything <laughs> and you'll be able to keep up with the whole plot throughout the whole time. That's, that's what I'm saying is like, don't, <sighs> don't dedicate time for this movie. No. Just do it while you're doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. I think our water cooler is uh, telling us to wrap this up. All right, guys. So we do have a selection for next week's yes. review. We are going to do a flashback feature, as we do every other week. We are going to do a movie that came out in 2001 a Ooh. few weeks ago. We put it out there to all of our listeners to vote on which movie we should review. Now, it was a very close call. The options were 2001, A Space Odyssey, or A Beautiful Mind. Very close. The results were so close. We ended up doing 2001 Space Odyssey first. I'm surprised now how close they were. Super close. And now we're going to do uh, Beautiful Mind, which coincidentally came out in 2001. We did not pair those two on purpose, but we're going to do it. And you know what? I think we've talked about this, like how we're so shocked. Neither of us have ever seen this movie. Uh, yeah, never seen it. Never right? seen it. And it was a really popular movie starring Russell Crowe. We're yeah. going to do it. I'm pretty sure it won a few awards, too. We'll yeah. obviously I'm cover that sure. next week. But um, yeah. I'm looking this forward was, to this. This was post-Gladiator when his star was, like, yeah. on fire. Yeah. Okay. Literally. Yeah. All right. So we uh, recommend that you watch it before next week's podcast. Uh, you can check out A Beautiful Mind. You could rent it for 5 bucks on iTunes or on YouTube. Yes. Check it out. Four ninety nine. Anyways, okay, that's it for today's show. It's been Take 21. It's been good, good show, guys. Yeah. yeah. All right, fun. we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>